The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, the Royals waste a terrific outing from Jordano Ventura tonight, who goes seven strong innings, but the KC offense can't get to Hisashi Iwakuma. And KC drops game two of four, three to two in disappointing style. As it's Davo, glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we're going to go over this game. We're going to look at the next two as well. But before we do that, I want to make sure that I talk about the interview I did this morning with number eight Royals prospect, according to Baseball America, Matt Strom. Spoke with him this morning. He's part of the Northwest Arkansas Naturals rotation, a guy who's currently on the 40-man Royals roster, and a guy who I would think most likely debuts at some point in the second half of this season for the Royals. Matt Strom, a kid originally from Fargo, North Dakota, and a guy that you will be seeing up here, a lefty, a starting pitcher. So make sure if you get a few minutes, it's about 15 minutes long, highly encourage you to check that interview out during the weekend so you get to know him a little bit better, hear about what he's working on, hear about uh, just more about him in general. Matt Strom here here on Clubhouse Conversation. So check that out. Remember, you can all subscribe on iTunes to get all of our episodes. The dish will go automatically into your iTunes, so you don't have to constantly check here. Uh, The interviews will also go directly into your iTunes if you subscribe there on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter, at Rails Clubhouse. We're on Facebook, Clubhouse Conversation, and of course here at clubhouseconversation.com. So back to the game tonight. Player of the game has got to be Jordano Ventura who actually earns his first player of the game so far this year on Clubhouse Conversation. Really only the third or fourth truly good outing that you've gotten as far as length and lack of runs allowed by Ventura. So a nice job tonight by Jordano, who I would not have bet on having a great game coming into this one. Coming off of the ankle sprain against Philadelphia, and you had the two good outings sandwiched in between Philadelphia and the Machado plunking there, and then the suspension, of course, kind of changed things a bit. Not the most you know, encouraging outing coming back, but then Philadelphia, he gets kind of hurt. Wasn't a great outing with the home run ball plaguing him, but a good again tonight. Isn't it as simple as what Ned Yost and Dave Island say with Ventura that when he focuses on his mechanics, stays within himself, and stays calm he's effective I don't know because you just he's kind of like an enigma to me Ventura is because like think back to 2014 you know the game I'll always remember and to me that the best game he's thrown was game six of that world series throwing the shutout when his friend Oscar Tavares you know tragically passed away in the Dominican Republic we all remember the game we all know the season but back then I don't feel like his emotions were really in check were they certainly he's more mature now than he was back then so I don't know. I, I, it, it, you know, the, the velocity is pretty much still there. Maybe a tick down from back then, but that's normal for anybody. The stuff appears to oftentimes be there. Is it as simple as the hitters just haven't figured out and he's not adjusting? Is it as simple as Ned and Dave say that he needs to go back and rewatch the starts or his mechanics are solid and he's within himself? I don't know. I have no clue. But all I know is Ventura was really good tonight. He needed just 93 pitches to get through seven innings. Gives up three runs. And, man, those those second, third runs, it's frustrating when you look back at this one. Six hits overall with the three runs, one walk. So, and even one whip tonight for Ventura, right? And five Ks versus one walk. Five Ks versus one walk is huge for Ventura. If he can get back to striking out nearly a hitter per inning and not walk guys, he'll be fine. And that sixth inning, how frustrating is that? That's why I'm like, ugh, right now, just frustrated. 
Two outs and nobody on in the sixth inning. How many times have we said that this year for Royals pitchers before things get out of control? Ventura and Volquez seem to be the biggest culprits many times. But yeah, they're off balance. Our Seattle, their bats until the sixth. Daniel Robertson grounds out to second base. One out. Leonis Martin, a bunt. Nice play by Ventura. Two outs. So two outs, nobody on there in that sixth inning. Okay, Seth Smith, and innocent enough single. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you do have Cano and Cruz coming up. Oh, no, Cano doubles. Okay, but Smith didn't score. Second, third, two outs. Okay, we're still good, right? And then Nelson Cruz, on a bizarre play, hits a slicer down the right field line that looked like it almost, it looked like it was clearly foul and then almost hooked back fair. Like the, the, the spin on it, the tail on it somehow almost took it fair. It was bizarre. But then uh, the ball's called a home run. <laughs> Hit first base. But no, then it's changed by the home plate umpire to a foul. And then we have a review. So nobody really knows what the heck is going on. And the call is upheld that it was foul. <laughs> so you're like, okay, we dodged another bullet. Two outs, nobody on. A single, a double. Should have been a home run. Ventura's going to get out of this now with two strikes, right? And then there's the wild pitch. The, we, we went back to our control. The only one walk, but... You almost want to call it three or four walks when the wild pitch scores Seth Smith and then the Royals kind of bobble the ball around, a throwing error from Salvi, allowing Robinson Cano to score what would ultimately be the winning run, and that's all Seattle would need. The second and third runs there. And then two more singles from Cruz and Seager to make that earned run, that third one an earned run. It would have been unearned had Cruz and Seager not singled after that. Adam Lynn grounds out to end the inning, and Ventura, to his credit, does come out and finish off the seventh inning very quietly with a K in that inning. One, two, three. But, I mean, that two-out, nobody-on rally, we've just seen it so much this year. And it, it, it takes what was really a pretty good outing from Yordano, probably his fourth best start of the season tonight. Fifth for sure. One of his top five outings. And it really he's only had five good outings this year. But this is one of them. And it's frustrating that three nights in a row, just to illustrate the struggle of the Royals' bats right now, what, you see... Seven, seven, six innings and two runs, two runs, three runs. And, and I know that wins don't really mean squat for starting pitching or relief pitching. The, the whole win thing for a pitcher is pretty much a useless stat for the most part. And the Royals don't get a single win from their three starters, like, you know, pitching well like this. It's, it's just frustrating, especially for Danny Duffy, even though the Royals won the game last night. You'd like to see him get some wins. But again, who cares? <sighs> Anyways, two nice innings from Brian Flynn to finish this game off. That pretty much takes him out of consideration for the starter on Sunday. Probably a piggyback type thing in a bullpen type game anyways. A good chance we'll see Flynn again on Sunday, but he becomes probably your two-inning guy on Sunday, backing up Dylan G, who probably becomes your four- or five-inning guy. So you probably look for G and Flynn to get you through seven on Sunday in a perfect world. And probably tomorrow, Chris Young is your long guy, I would think. Uh, tomorrow afternoon for the Royals, and we'll talk about that game along with Sunday coming up in a, in a few minutes here. But that's what I think will happen now with the pitching. I think Flynn going tonight and G not being used pretty much makes G your de facto starter, although it's still TBA technically. And who knows, you know, if the game goes long tomorrow, maybe, you know, who knows what happens on Sunday. Maybe you have to end up calling up a guy or do a true bullpen day or like seven guys pitch. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But as of now, I would say G's probably your starter. For four to five innings on Sunday, Flynn is maybe your bridge, and I think maybe Chris Young would be your long guy coming up tomorrow. You you don't want to use G as your long guy tomorrow because you're not going to start Young on Sunday. So that's my thinking behind that. So offensively tonight, only two Royals get on base twice. By the way, do I sound stressed out doing these things? 
maybe I really am stressed when the Royals lose. I've gotten better the older I get. I'm 35 now. You know, back in when I was 12, I would cry when the Royals lose. And college, I would yell and be upset. And, of course, there was a lot more reason to be upset back then, obviously, when the, you look at those late 90s into early 2Ks teams. And even until, like, 2005, 2006, 2007, I would still get really fired up. I've gotten a lot better. I'm a lot tamer in my older age. But I guess I'm still pretty stressed out without realizing. Is that how you are, too? Tweet me at Royals Clubhouse. Is that how you get after losses? Most of the time, they don't bother me. The wins, I'm a lot higher usually than I am low on the losses. And maybe that's because the Royals won a World Series and made back-to-back World Series. Maybe that's why. Maybe I have, maybe I'm giving myself way too much credit for maturing here and, you know, and finding out what's truly important in life. Maybe it's just the fact that the Royals have been winners. But I don't know. Oh, man, it's frustrating. But Salvia solo home run in the ninth is one of two Royals to get on base twice. How about that? He gets a walk tonight as well. Salvia scores both KC runs. Paulo Orlando gets on base twice, including a double. But this is what disappointed me tonight. I, I thought last night, and I, and I said that the Royals would explode against Iwakuma. I thought they'd score five, six, seven runs against this guy. You know, I know that he's owned the Royals in the past with a, with a mid one ERA. You know, and those four career appearances. I know that, but it's, that's not the same Iwakuma. The league has been hitting him. You know, they're not destroying him this year, but I wouldn't even call him a league average. I would call Iwakuma a slightly below average, you know, starter in the American League. Just because he's not giving you the innings, the strikeout numbers aren't there. He's a guy that's going to end up probably in the low to mid fours, you know, six innings a game, not going to go 200 innings. So not a guy you would call maybe a borderline league average starter. But I just thought the Royals would hit him tonight. I, just, I really did. It, it, I felt like they were due for a breakout night. And I thought, that's the thing that's been frustrating about this year. Not only the whole bipolar thing with the team being up and down, but it's like they always pull, you know, not always, but they, they pull out like a well, the, the big seven run come from behind win against the White Sox. And you think that's going to propel them? Or they have a big win against the Braves where they walk it off after a blown Wade Davis save. And you think that's going to propel them? Or a game like last night. They've had so many games this year where they start a road trip, you know, three and one after St. Louis gifted them a game or two. You just keep thinking like, okay, this is what's going to put the team over the top and get them hot again. And they just can't stay hot for extended periods. And maybe you know, and probably it's because of the injuries and being worn down, and it's probably maybe just not their year this year. You know, I'm not at this point. I would not predict the Royals to make the playoffs. Are they in it? Certainly, only within three, three and a half games of that wild card, and you know, uh, what 45 percent, 46 percent of the season left. Plenty of time, but other teams are going to be keep you know keep adding. Will the Royals? Will the Royals get even more injury prone? Will some of these guys that are really struggling step it up? I don't know. It might just be one of those years. It's a 500 year. I don't know. But the good thing is, no matter what, no matter what, the Royals have at least one more year where they can go for it, and they will still be in great shape no matter what happens going into next year. You know, just needing to add one starting pitcher, and that's going to be tough this winter because there's really no starting pitching the Royals will be able to afford. That's good. There's only about four or five marquee guys. The Royals ain't going to get those guys this winter. So you may get down to the point where you have to make a move, make a trade to get that starting pitcher, that young, controllable guy. And the Royals have plenty of guys to do that with. But it may take one of these big league guys at that point. And, you know, who knows? Perhaps it's one of the third basemen that helps you land that controllable starting pitcher this winter. Package with another good, nice arm. You know, when I say third baseman, one of the three between Moose, so it's not going to be. But either Cuthbert or Dozier. Maybe it's Cuthbert or Dozier plus a guy like a Matt Strom. I don't want to see any of those guys get traded, but I'm just saying the Royals aren't going to be able to get that starting pitcher free agent-wise this winter. You do add Jason Vargas back, but with the way we've seen Mike Miner and Chris Medlin come back from injuries, do we really want to put the eggs in the Jason Vargas basket in the last year of a deal coming off Tommy John? Probably not. You probably see him as a fifth starter next year. Pencil him in, plus the minor league guys competing. you got to find one more starter for next year to go along with Danny Duffy. 
uh, Donna Ventura and Ian Kennedy because I don't see Edinson Volquez back with his price tag next year. But the good news is, you, you know, Cuthbert hitting and Moose coming back and Dozier tearing the cover off the ball. Another interview with him, by the way, if you want to check him out. I talked to him about three weeks ago. That's also here on the website. I get to know Hunter Dozier a lot better. Um, but, you know, one of those three guys plus one of these good starting pitchers they have, like a Mills or a Strom, probably could land you a controllable, decent young starter, mid-rotation type guy. So just something to think about going forward into the winter. But back on track again. I'm ADD tonight. The Royals against Iwakuma. I don't know how the hell we got to that topic. I, I was just talking about Iwakuma being a league average starter and somehow ended up on a tangent about the Royals. What just happened? What? Someone give me my medicine. Get, write, write me an RX here, man. The ADD. What is going on here? Anyway, back on track. So Iwakuma, I don't know where, you know, just disappointing tonight. The Royals strikeouts are what really bothered me tonight. And the Royals coming into the last few weeks were like 27th and Team K's, but they're they're quickly moving up where they're, by the end of this year, probably going to be middle of the pack when it comes to team strikeouts. They're not that impossible to strike out anymore. That's gone. And it's been that way for a good chunk of the season. The Royals in the month of April and May were tough to strike out, but it's like every other night they're striking out eight, nine, ten times at this point. You know, it's just, and Iwakuma really. He had just 77 Ks and 108 innings coming in. A guy that normally, if you look at his lines, is going six innings, three or four runs, three Ks. I just didn't think the Royals would strike out that much and and struggle that much against him. Nine Ks, three walks, and six of those nine came against Iwakuma. Turn the page. We said coming in, the Royals had to get three or four in this series. You're to the point now where you can't say it's early anymore. You're to the point now where coming after the All-Star break, you're going to be July 15th. You're about two weeks from the trade deadline, and a whole bunch of teams are going to get better. Right? And you're going up against a glutton of other teams. Cleveland's gone. Forget about the division. What are they up? Eight, nine? I don't even care anymore. They win again today. Corey Kluber goes eight strong innings, and, and Cleveland beats the Yankees like nine to one or ten to two or ten to three, whatever it was. Cleveland's gone, guys. And when they add the stud reliever like an Andrew Miller type, which they will, and get Michael Brantley back or another bat, that's a team that could compete for the World Series in the AL crown. So the Royals have to hope there's some 2014 magic in there that they can catch fire. They're about three, three and a half, depending on what happens the rest of tonight out of the wild card right now. It's still a bit early to be looking at games. The problem though is it's just it's not the games that's the problem. There's just too many teams. I mean, hell, the Tigers and White Sox are in it now. And you have to argue that the White Sox, I mean, have a better rotation than the Royals. Although Chris Sale got lit up like a, like a Christmas tree. I mean, eight earned runs tonight to the Atlanta Braves? Really? Eight runs allowed by Sale to the Braves? But, I mean, you've got Sale and Quintana. Right there, you've got two guys better than anybody the Royals have. You know, and the offense is probably better. It's a healthier team. They've got a nice closer. So, will the White Sox be buyers? That's a scary team. Even Detroit. You know, they're getting old. They're getting towards the end. I don't think Detroit's going to finish ahead of the Royals. No chance. I still think the Royals are going to get second place in the AL Central. I do think that, even despite the injuries. I still think they'll hold off the White Sox and Tigers. I'm just saying that it's a bit scary that the Royals now have to worry about those two teams and that those two teams in big markets... You know, with owners who are hungry for a win, especially Mike Illich in Detroit, might go out and make a move or two, and then it becomes even tougher for a team like the Royals, who likely aren't going to make a big splash, nor should they, with the trade deadline. So that's the big problem. It's not the games back. It's the amount of teams. You're competing against five, six, seven teams. The Astros walk it off tonight against the A's after being down by two in the ninth with a three-run shot by Luis Valbuena. So, you know, just all these teams right around you, the Mariners right behind you, the White Sox, the, the Tigers... The AL East, whoever doesn't win that division, you know, you're, you're locking one wild card out of that division. So you're almost competing with Houston, Detroit, Seattle, Chicago, 
maybe even a third team out of the East. I mean, you're going against five other teams legitimately. So that's where it becomes frustrating. And that's why I say the Royals need three out of four. It's not early anymore. The Royals need to start winning games. It's getting to the point where you're going to be too far back with too many teams if you wait too much longer, especially because that core team back in 2014 was healthy. Kane was healthy. Perez was healthy. Moose was healthy. Gordon was healthy in hitting. On and on and on. Butler was even still hitting at a pretty decent clip. You know, and then the starting pitching was better. You still had James Shields back then. You had your Donald Ventura at his peak back then. Jeremy Guthrie, a guy who would be his 2014 form would be the second or third best starter in this rotation right now. So when you went out and made the trades for Josh Willingham, Jason Frazier, and picked up Raul Abanez, that might have put you over the top because that's all you needed. But this team, going out and getting those three guys is not going to make you a playoff team right now. That's the problem. That's the difference. The Royals were not healthy like they were back then, and the starting pitching's not there like it was back then. So you just wonder, if the Royals don't get it going here pretty quick, what will happen going towards the deadline at the end of July and into the second half. So here we go. Preview in the next two. You've got lefty Wade Miley, who shut down the Royals earlier this year. 6-5, and five, a 5-3-6 five, against Edinson Volquez, 7-8, and eight, a 4-8-7. I mean, Miley, like Iwakuma, has been good against KC. Five career starts, 4-1, and one, a 2-9-1 ERA, including a complete game, five-hit shutout with four Ks, and no walks back on April 30th of this year in Seattle. So what do I predict? You would think the Royals would hit him. But are you confident in this offense right now exploding? You'd like to think the hot, humid afternoon and the fact that while the Miley's not a very good pitcher, the fact that the Royals are hungry for wins and are just due. There's too many good hitters in this lineup not really hitting right now. You know, Alex Gordon obviously at the top of that list. You know, all up and down the lineup. It's not just Gordon. There's guys everywhere. Morales has been in a tear, but he's come back the last couple of games. Orlando had been in a tear all season, come back the last couple of games. He's been hitting better at Has Parlo, a couple multi-hit games. But, you know, Hosmer's not hitting for power. Salvi had been in an 0 for 23 the last two nights, obviously back a little bit, maybe starting to click. Escobar's not been hitting all year. Merrifield's in the slump. We just wonder, are the Royals going to be able to break out here before the, the break? They really need to. So do I think they'll win tomorrow? I think there's a good chance. But, man, I just I hate – I don't really want to predict them to explode offensively anymore because it's like the last three times I predicted a big offensive night, they do nothing. So <laughs> I don't know. But Edson Volquez, that's the real key to tomorrow, right? you got to keep the Royals in the game. And you're a bit concerned on a hot, humid summer afternoon with bats like – Seth Smith in the two-hole and Cano in the three-hole and Cruz in the four-hole and you know Seager in the five-hole. Going down, it's a damn good lineup for Seattle. So you just hope Volquez cannot walk people, limit the home runs, hopefully go six-plus innings, a three-run ball, and turn that game over to Soria, Hochever, Herrera, and get the win for the Royals. Volquez has been pretty good his last couple of starts. Six and two-thirds, shutout innings at St. Louis, fantastic there. And four runs and six-plus innings at Toronto, not bad as well. So he's been pretty good ever since the blow up. We'll see what happens tomorrow. And then on Sunday it's Mike Montgomery versus most likely Dylan G like we talked about earlier. Montgomery 2 and 2 at 215 against most likely Dylan G. It's the first start of the year for Mike Montgomery who steps in for the injured Taiwan Walker and yes, if you are remembering that name, it's because he was in the Wade Davis James Shields trade, which I now call Wade Davis James Shields. I give Davis the, the top billing at this point, but he was in that trade and also a guy that shut out the Royals with 10 strikeouts last year at Safeco Field, his first outing against the Royals. So his first start of the year, hopefully, will not be like his first start against the Royals, but he's been good in relief this year. 15 to third innings with the 2.15 ERA. The Royals got to find a way to get these next two games. 
right? You got to be able to hit Wade Miley with a five plus ERA at home. If you're if you're going to compete for a wild card in the playoffs when you've been in a slump and had a, a mostly disappointing first half, you've got to beat Wade Miley at home. I'm sorry, got to win that game tomorrow. Got to do it. Sunday. A little bit more of a toss-up, but you'd like to think the Royals can find a way to gut that one out, knowing that they have four days off. So knowing that they can use pretty much the entire bullpen. Literally, everyone can pitch. Heck, the entire team pretty much could pitch. Even, you know, even Ian Kennedy could get, you know, a couple innings possibly on Sunday. You know, because he won't be going until Friday. And it, it, that'd only be a day off from his normal. He normally would throw on Monday, but it'd make the start for the Royals. So even he would be a possibility if you had to get a couple, three innings out of somebody in a pinch, extra innings. So you'd like to think the Royals could just find a way to gut out Sunday after winning tomorrow. Will they? We'll find out. We'll be back with you on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night and go Royals.